This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the East Coast Offense Podcast. This is Chris List. This podcast is sponsored by FanDuel. There is a special offer for new FanDuel users. Get a free six-month RotoWire subscription with a $10 deposit on FanDuel. Go to rotowire.com slash RW. Not only will you get the free subscription, but you'll also have that $10 available to play with on FanDuel. That's more than $40 in value for just $10. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. As usual, I'm joined by my co-host Dalton Del Don. This is the East Coast Offense Podcast. What's up, Dalton? How you doing, man? Doing pretty well. Um, went to the Warriors game last night. Uh, we actually had ridiculously good seats. Um, it's funny that I, I bet on them before the season at 66 and a half wins over. And uh, I thought I had lost that for sure when Durant went down and they sat at 66 last night. And then the, I watched them in person lose at home as 10 point favorites, uh, ending their 14 game winning streak to the jazz whom without, uh, Gordon Hayward. So, uh, so it goes, uh, my, my streak with the warriors is not great. I was at game seven last year and, and then last night, but, uh, you are a worthless sack. And you know what else I saw that really disturbed me with like a game left on the schedule, our NFBKC team, yeah, yeah, which I entrusted to you, which is in second place all year. And I think only the first two spots pay is in third place with one game to go. And I mean, if we went the whole year and you wasted my time looking at the standings and expecting that we'd be splitting that 700 bucks and we don't cash, there's going to be hell to pay. It's very frustrating. I, I feel like the NBA has become week 17 in the NFL. I, I don't know how much you follow it, but it's just so frustrating. Players sitting out, teams tanking. It's just it's it's kind of a nightmare, especially in leagues that aren't daily transactions. It's, it's very tough. Um, that's my excuse. You know, the NBA, honestly, it should just end February 1st, fantasy NBA. It's like maybe January 1st. It, it's, just, it's just not worth it. And I've gotten into a long rant about this, but, like, obviously there needs to be, like, 55 games in a year. And then the playoffs need to be, first off, there needs only to be, like, baseball. Like, you know, there's three teams that make it and then a wild card playoff game for that fourth team in each conference. Or, like, a couple teams have a one-game playoff to get in there or something. But just... The way they do it is so ridiculous. These seven-game series every round for months, 82 games during the season. I mean, it's just a war of attrition. And all the smart teams, like the Spurs, are, like, strategically sitting guys early in the year. And the fans hate it because, like, you go to a game and, like, you're missing two of your key guys because they're just tanking it. The regular season doesn't matter because everybody makes the playoffs who's any good. It's just a More stupid, than half the teams. 
More than half yeah. the teams make the play. It's just a stupid setup. It, now, they're never the owners are such like idiots. Like they're never going to give the money back. They're like eighty two games, all the playoff games. They're never going to they're never going to reduce it because they'd have to lose money on that. But like long term, it's just dumb. It just makes the the league dumb. It's like who cares? Like last few years, the Clippers they're finally healthy, but they used to just always have Chris Paul and Blake Griffin hurt. So it was like there's no point in even the Clippers being in the playoffs the last few years. It was a total waste. Things like that, you know, they just would be much less likely to happen if they played 55 games. There was two games a week. They all went all out. And things like the lottery and shit, such bullshit. Like, the last two teams shouldn't even be in the lottery. You know, the worst two teams. Like, that shouldn't even be an option. You should have to, like, earn your way into the lottery. You, you should have to be at least, like, you know, in the bot. Like, the, the first team that doesn't make the playoffs should get, like, you know, the same amount of ping pong balls as, like, the fifth team that is the last team that's even, like, the fifth to last team that's the last team eligible for ping pong balls. The bottom four should be kicked out of the lottery or something like that. So everybody's incentivized to try. And there's 55 games, and there's two games a week, and guys stay healthy. In the playoffs, much fewer teams make it. The playoffs are way shorter. It's not best of seven every series. Best of seven, all that does is make sure that, like, it's impossible for an underdog ever to win because the sample is so big. It's like... Yeah, of course the the favorite's okay, gonna win. Okay, okay, hold on though. You could argue, you'd have an argument the other way though, right? I mean, it's it's it, it makes the regular season more important. What do you mean? It's not important at all. To have home court and it's to have mar- a better. It's marginal. It's marginal. You don't think if Golden State was an eight seed, they'd still be one of the favorites to win the title? Well, of course, but the point is that like there there are far fewer uh, upsets when it comes to the NBA. What, what, would, you, far- what would you rather? What would you rather have? Would you rather have the Warriors completely healthy, completely fresh, totally rested, and be an eight seed, or totally worn out with like guys with nagging injuries and be a one seed? Obviously, the the eight seed. Right. So, like, honestly, the Warriors shouldn't be winning sixty six games. They should be winning like forty four, and just rest everybody all year to optimize their chances of winning a, a championship. Do you not like basketball much? I love it basketball. Like it. It's great. It's great. I just don't like this half ass version where everybody's like sitting players half the time and then like in the playoffs like so many injuries that one year the Cavs made the finals and it was like LeBron against the entire Warriors team because Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving were hurt yeah yeah no it's really weird this year too the Cavs keep losing right now and they have like a horrible defensive rating but there's no there's not a chance on God's green earth that they don't run through the east (laughs) like there's this zero percent chance they don't easily win so I did a two-to-one bet with Trevor my producer his, my 40 against his 20. I got the Cavs. He's got the field. That's a joke. Oh, just to, to win the East? Yeah, just to win the East. Oh, no question. I'm, that's I'm, like what I'm the like... Vegas odds are. I mean, it's not that different, you know. Yeah, well, I agree with you, though. Um, so um, <clears throat> so I, I feel like it is, um, it, it's funny because our League of Leagues team, the one you mentioned, I have another Rotowire online championship in which I'm actually top 25 overall. I, uh-huh. I lead by points um, mm-hmm. in that. So it's it's actually coming down to the final two days but yeah it's, it's very frustrating everyone's sitting like uh, it's just it's so you dumb. might as well treat it like, it's yeah so it's dumb. so dumb Basketball so dumb it's, it, they just don't the product is not optimized for either public fans or fantasy or anything it's just optimized to make money for the owners yeah yeah so um <laughs> so i have a couple questions wait, wait, for wait, you though thing. West so how are we doing in the league of leagues how are we doing the League of Leagues? Oh, we're, we're up three points right now. As of right now, do we, three win, do we win the League of Leagues if we win basketball? Did Jake Seeley hold off? Uh, it's that's that it comes down to someone passing uh, Cousin Sal in fifth place, Is and that it doesn't happen? look doesn't look great. Yeah, I would say not gonna happen. Those fucks. They're gonna win. They're gonna Brian and Cousin Sal are gonna beat us. 
they're gonna they're gonna beat us overall. Yeah, That's, we're gonna win three uh, leagues. Yeah, but we're we'll gonna win some money. We'll, we'll leagues, have to and they're extra. gonna win one. I know. We we just fucked up baseball last year. That was really what killed us. I know. I know. Yeah, so, we're gonna win three so, leagues overall, and they're gonna win one, and yet they're gonna win overall. So right. That's kind of kind of frustrating, but still. So, so um, Jen, I, I actually really like the team. So Joe is gonna send us more money for basketball, though. Um, I, I believe so. Yes. Nice. Yes, yeah. Nice. Or right. either that, or you owe me money. One one or the other. But but yeah. Okay. Right. Right. Okay. So what else? What else you got? Okay, I was gonna ask you. Uh, um, oh, <laughs> just as you shat on uh hoops, but uh, I'm curious your opinion: Westbrook or Harden for MVP? I haven't looked at it that closely, but we did have Dre on uh, like a week ago or two weeks ago, and he said Harden would Dre be his guy. Dre knows what he's talking about. He said Harden's his guy. I just think he's got a little bit more, um, at least according to him, like just a little bit more value in terms of like distributing the ball as well as scoring, whereas Westbrook gets a lot of assists. I guess Westbrook's had a lot of assists too, and he's triple-double, and but he's just Westbrook is just such a high usage rate, and I think Harden's a little more efficient. Yeah, and Harden's going to shatter the turnover record, but um, it's, it's a three seed versus a six seed. I mean, it would be very rare to win MVP and, and, and win the amount of games in which Westbrook would do. But he is averaging a triple-double, which is pretty absurd. So I personally bet on Harden at 10-1 um, to 1 before the season, so I'm rooting for him. Nice. But I actually, I actually think Westbrook's going to win. Because of the triple-double like. average, because they're yeah, just not going to be able to resist. Yeah. Okay, so here's my next question for you. Um. If you were starting a franchise, uh, you 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 became the owner of the Knicks right now. Which would you rather have, uh, the number one overall pick in the draft, which apparently is a good one, or Greg Popovich? Um, I, who is the number one pick, by the way? There's a couple options, um, but but uh, the, just just say in general. How about that? <laughs> well, it really matters, right? If it's LeBron, I'm definitely taking LeBron over whoever. But right, if it's right. like Kwame Brown and shit, Anthony Bennett. I'm taking Popovich, so I don't know. Like the average number one pick, like say a John Wall level guy, like a really good player, someone like that? Sure. So would I rather have John Wall as a rookie or Popovich? Let's just go with that. That's probably better since I don't Makes know sense. who guys. Yeah. Because even even if even if we know like the, the this guy, like who knows, right? So 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 sure. John Wall. That's a good one. Yeah, I'd probably take Popovich over like John Wall. I mean I'd take like LeBron over Popovich, obviously. I'd take uh, you know, I mean, it's about at that line where the coach is. Who would you take in football? Would you take the number one pick or Belichick? Well, that that was my next question. Andrew Luck or Belichick? Oh, that was my next Belichick, question to you. Belichick over Andrew Luck. Okay. If it was Aaron Rodgers, I'd probably take Rodgers, though. Oh, interesting. Who just broke up with uh, Olivia Munn. Uh, so it's Markel Fultz, I think, is the guy who's uh, generally going to be uh, considered the number one pick. And he's from Washington, a team that did not make the tournament, by right. the way. That doesn't mean anything because he's, you know, they're freshmen. Uh, what about Mason Del Don? When's he going to be in the NBA? Oh, he well, yeah, I would take him. To, yeah, he's going to be a baller. For sure, even though he still doesn't have hair in his head, but um, he'll he'll be fine. But uh, okay, so so you would take Belichick over Andrew Luck, though? Yeah, I would. Okay, interesting. All right, all right, okay. Okay, a couple more things to throw at oh, you. Uh, Belichick's old. Like if Belichick were like forty, I'd I'd feel a lot better about it. Oh, for sure. Popovich is, isn't too too young either. Right. But um, yeah. Okay, so um, so before we went to um. The game, the game last night went to a really nice restaurant we found in Oakland, and um, I'm a big rack of lamb guy, and I'm curious your opinion on lamb versus steak. I love both. I really love rack of lamb. A good lamb okay. is delicious. Man, also, the thing about lamb is also that it's 
I think it's almost always grass-fed. I mean, I don't think they can really factory farm lamb in that horrible way. So right. it's usually a little bit healthier, I think, because you don't get that factory-farmed, grain-fed lamb, grain-fed meat. I think lamb pretty much, they have to be pastured and eat grass. So um, I'm not positive about that, but I, I think I read that somewhere. So I, all things being equal, give me lamb. It's, it's hard for me. I mean, I still like a good steak at a traditional steakhouse, but um, now that I'm just sort of into the grass-fed thing, it's hard for me to eat. It's hard for me to truly enjoy meat that's been factory farmed and kept in those horrible conditions. It's just, I just can't really dig into it in the same way. Whereas, like, you're still murdering the animal for me. Like, I eat tons of meat, but I just enjoy it much more if it's, like, humanely raised. Maybe that's, like, a cop-out, but that's just how I feel about it. All right. Okay. Fair enough. That's You, you, you agree with me then because I'm a I'm, I'm big recommendation. No, no, no. Guys. But a good okay, grass-fed so steak, like a really good grass-fed steak, uh, medium rare to rare. A little bit sure. of salt and pepper and butter we, on it is is pretty damn good. Um, I probably take the lamb, but rare. steak is excellent. Okay, right, right. You have to order medium rare, though. I mean, anyone you're butchering it if you do. Uh, you're, dip. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, uh, there was a, a pretty a couple of good fights uh, this weekend. Um, so Lomachenko is a is a boxer who's probably the best pound for pound fighter right now, and I bet on him. Uh, the thing was to bet on him to win would have been 25 to one. And I didn't want to do that. So I bet on the under nine and a half rounds and his opponent threw in the towel entering round 10. So it was the sickest thing ever for me uh, on that. That was fun. And Daniel Cormier fought Anthony Johnson in a UFC fight. And um, I don't know if you saw this, but this was pretty, pretty much across the headlines, but he weighed in and, and, and came across the, the 205 mark. And he lost 1.2 pounds in two minutes. How's that? In two minutes. How do you do in that? Two... So uh, uh, there's a couple uh, conspiracy theories. But um, one was he, uh, the two trainers, so he obviously had to walk in naked. Right. <laughs> and two trainers held the, the, the towel tightly and he pulled down on it. I've never heard of this, but apparently that's a wrestling trick. And if you hold down on the towel, you can, apparently that happened. I mean, obviously UFC did not want to lose their main event. Right. But that's what happened. 1.2 pounds in two minutes, and apparently shenanigans with the towel. You should, you should. <laughs> I, I will send you an email without cutting, some, without cutting something off. Um, right, right. I don't see how you can lose the pounds in that type of time. Uh, exactly, exactly. Anyway, he he won. He beat Anthony Johnson. It was a, it was a good fight. And um, I know you're not into UFC, but I just wanted to mention that. And the next thing is um, UFC is bullshit, meme. man. That's some bullshit. Now nah, it's super entertaining. If, if, if UFC you're, I, again. Bring me Bruce Lee, karate kicking someone in the face. Then I'll watch UFC. That fucking ground and pound shit is stupid. Okay. Well, there wasn't much ground and pound in this one, but he, he is a very good... Karate kick in the face, dude. Karate kick in the face. That's all I want to see. Okay. I don't want to see this right, bullshit. Okay. I've never seen... I saw this dude Kung Lee throw a couple good kicks. <laughs> yeah, that absolutely, was like, yeah. Kung Lee wouldn't even make it as one of like the henchmen that Bruce Lee dispatches 20 at a time <laughs> of in Enter the Dragon. He's like, he's like shitty at karate. Bruce Lee... Coming in there, flying over the dude's head, kicking the dude in the back of the head, kicking him in the face, roundhouse kicking somebody. Chuck Norris. That's what I want to see. Some Steven Seagal, some Aikido, right? Kumite. You see all the Kumite? If you mention Blood Chuck Sport? Norris, Seagal, then you, you, then you definitely know what you're talking Seagal, about. Seagal, my current day Seagal. Like fat old Seagal. Smashing some dude out of the it's ring. like a sheriff. Some small town, he's like a current sheriff or something. Yeah, exactly. That's, I mean, come on, man. It's bullshit. It's total bullshit. Or you just have like Shaq and his peak. Fight like Jean Claude Van Damme was like five foot two. See who wins that. That would be fun, you know. But like Jean Claude Van Damme would get his ass kicked in MMA. 
But like Bruce Lee would have kicked some of those guys' asses. This is all amateur hour, man. Yeah, okay. Uh, if you say so, you're you're you are you could not be more wrong about this. But I'm not going to get into <laughs> Dude, debate about on, it. But... I want to see some. I want to see some true masters do this shit. Did you, <laughs> you see the movie Ong Bak? That dude. You see Ong Bak? You've told me about that for years. Have you I seen have it? Not. Did you? You never saw no, the movie? I, I don't God, you were such a. It's ridiculous, man. Do your homework before you do this podcast. You come on this podcast, act like you're informed. You don't know shit. You're a funny man, Liz. Um, okay, my next my next uh, topic to bring up to you is the uh, it's the, it's the biggest topic of the week. Actually, everyone's sending I know me this. Um, I mean, you've I, seen the United I, Airlines guy? Well, I, yes. I did a tweet storm on it. I, I totally covered this. We we spent at least twenty minutes ranting on it, Jeff and I, on the XM show yesterday. Just twenty minutes straight ranting on it. All right. Well, not everyone listens to that overlap. So go, go do Look, do it. How about so? I'll give you just a couple points so, on this, right? Like United is so fucking stupid, right? Like think about this. You oversell the plane. Okay, fine. You're taking a gamble. You're like, we're going to keep overbooking and people will get off, right? So you're like, okay, 400, no one takes it. 800, no one takes it. Or three guys take it. There's one guy who won't take it. Well, I mean, there's still one seat that you need to get rid of. Just make it 1,200. Okay, no one takes it. Make it two grand. Make it five grand. For five grand, there's going to be people elbowing each other, running to the front of the plane to get the fuck off for five grand. There's no doubt about it. Half the plane's going to try to get off for five grand. 20 grand, you're going to have a riot, right? There's going to be people karate kicking each other Bruce Lee style to get to the front to get the 20 grand. Like, it's not even close, right? So what the fuck? What the fuck are you doing? Like, you're forcibly removing someone from the plane. I mean, just offer a little bit more money. What do you give a shit? It's just it's it's nothing in the scheme of things. Now they've got they've already lost like a billion dollars in stock or more. They would pay a million. Oh, I, yes, heard that today. It's it's insane, right? The, the stock. They, they should have paid a million per person to get them off there. I mean, the the thing about it is this: this is a a bad trend in society, which is like you know you. You pay your health insurance every month, then you, and, and, and which is basically they're betting that you'll be healthy. You're betting that you might get sick. Well, you got sick. They lost the bet. Okay, pay up. Oh, no, I'm not sure that's covered, and you got to go in-network. and you, you know, It's like they lost the fucking bet, but they don't want to pay, right? Like you made a bet. If, if, if they win the bet, which means you don't get sick and you don't use your insurance, you just keep paying the premiums, you keep paying. But if they lose the bet, now you got to fight for your money, right? It's really fucked up. And United, same thing. They overbooked the flight. And they're assuming either, you know, people won't show up or they'll have to miss it. Or if it's overbooked and people are there and they need to get their employees somewhere, they can just buy people off for a couple hundred bucks. That's the bet they made. But they lost the bet. They couldn't get people to take it for 800 bucks. So you got to pay up. You got to pay what it costs to get them off. Right. If if I want to buy a United ticket and it's 500 bucks, I only have 300. If I don't have the going rate, I don't get my seat. Well, now I own the seat because I bought it and you want the seat back. You got to pay my rate, right? You got to pay somebody's rate to get the seat back. That's how it goes. They don't give you a seat for less than the rate. Why should you give it to them for less than the rate? Honestly, next time you're on United or any other airline and they're like, hey, you know, we're overbooked. We need someone to give their seats. You should stand up and say, you know what? Let's none of us do this for less than five grand. Everybody just say, whoever, nobody take it for less than five grand. I mean, what are they going to do? You know, they're the ones overbooking. They got to pay the piper when they lose the bet. No, for sure. No, I, as you said, the publicity and, and, and the stock is, is crazy. But like, well, why, how how is it even possible to overbook a flight, though? Like, I, I, I just well, don't no, even they, understand that. I think they do it because they probably – it's just a bunch of fucking number cruncher guys who are like, you know, like every you know flight which has 200 people on it, like three or four people don't show up. So why let those seats go empty? Just overbook. Make even more money than the plane has capacity. Right. right? And then if there's a problem, just pay a couple guys. You know, they've done the math. They've worked it out probably. 
Yeah, well, they they lost. They lost big, <laughs> I mean, but they're just so dumb. And the violence and shit, I mean, th- th- I mean, it's just, they're just so stupid. And why are the police getting involved on United's behalf? I mean, this is a contract dispute, right? And United was on the wrong side of it. Like, sort of like, I bought the seat, now you want it back. And they're like, oh, we did it by lottery, so you got to go. Fuck you. What, what, the lottery somehow justifies you taking the seat that I paid for and reserved in advance? Are you crazy? Other thing that I was talking about is that it was a doctor, and he said he wanted to be back for his patients, and people are talking about that. Right, right. Who gives a fuck? Right. Let's say I'm a loafer, and I have weed to smoke at my house, and I'm trying to get back so I can smoke that weed. It doesn't matter. It's, we all have the same rights. I, I don't need, like, a good reason yeah, 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 yeah. to be on the plane. A thousand percent. I have a contractual right to that seat. You can get it back for me. Just fucking pay the cost. Offer me enough, and I'll give it back to you. No problem. I mean, that's just how it goes. I don't get the United seat unless I pay their rate. You don't get my seat back after I've bought it unless you pay my rate. That's how it goes. And the seat the, should be the same, you're saying, as regardless of the person's uh, importance of where he's it's going. Not, it's not up to them to decide whether I'm important. You know, it's right. once you sell me the seat, it's my seat. I got rights. And then, you know, the, you know, obviously just the totalitarian nature of like violently ripping them off the plane. I mean, it's it's fascism. You know, it's like it's like we think of like fascism as the province uh, of governments. You know, governments are fascist, but. You know, it's corporate fascism. You know, you, you go go to Vegas and start counting cards and see how they treat you if you win a lot of money from them. They'll beat the shit out of you too, those corporations. Like, you know, it, it's it's fucked up, you know, and, and, and they, they're like monopolies basically now, so they treat you like shit. And they'll, you know, United probably people have, you have to fly United if you're out of certain cities to other cities. It's the only, right. you know, common flight from a lot of places. So it's just a big antitrust problem that they need to tackle that they're not. And it's obviously just a another area in society where you know people just need to get just say no like it's like health insurance all this shit it's just they treat you like fucking garbage and it's you know it's it's i think i think americans are at the breaking point i'm not coming back dude i'm coming back to lisbon next year and part of it's just like health insurance like i, I, I just don't want to be stolen from so i'm just not going to pay that shit it's just nice here so, so yeah so you're you, uh the reason that you abruptly had me do this podcast so you're going to, to paris soon in a couple go, days going to paris thursday morning and then champagne um heather's friend of a friend has a like a chateau there or something that we're staying at by the way can you can you name a beverage that comes from that region mm, no and from champagne yeah it's hard to name one it's hard to think of one yeah yeah um Champagne, maybe. How about that? That's a good one. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's the one. It just came to me. It just came to me. Yeah, it's amazing. I assume we'll drink some champagne when we're there. So okay. yeah, we're going for a couple of days. It should be chill. Cool. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Tell me some more details. I don't really know, actually. Uh, we're we're staying at this like nice hotel in Paris on Starwood Points. Reservations at some restaurants that Heather knows about. I don't know shit about it. And nice. uh, then we're taking a train or renting a car or something like that. Uh, so how's how Sasha loving uh, the the foreign lands? She's doing well. She wasn't like she had a good time in Berlin, but she was stuck with us. She couldn't go to school because we didn't get the you know, permission to stay. So you needed to get permission to do a, to, to get schools. And here she goes to school. She has friends there. Now we have like a, kind of a social life. We met some really cool people here. This woman who's from uh, well, she's from Canada, but her husband's from Brazil. They lived in Brazil, um, and then like some people from Australia and. UK and some other random people that we met that are cool. We've hung out with, uh, hanging out with their kids. Sasha was like now like knows all the neighborhood kids and plays with them, even though like she doesn't really understand what they're saying, but she's picking up a little bit of it. She's having a good time. She's she's good. Good, good to hear. All right, you can throw some baseball stuff at me if you want. If not, we can cut this short. But obviously, I want to ask you. Just I mean, I'm I'm actually 
really personally uh, curious your thoughts on this whole Syria stuff. Um, we'll, we'll talk about it in a sec. I'll throw some baseball stuff at you real quick. One is I have Byron Buxton everywhere, and oh, he's hitting like the man. Strikeouts, strikeouts. He's, he's hitting like the average man off the street. Like if I got in, you know, and got 30 at-bats, I'd probably strike out like 25 times. You know what I mean? It'd be about, about what he's doing, and it's it's weird because, like, no matter how much he's not ready for the major leagues, he's not this not ready. Like something's wrong. Like nobody's this bad, right? Yeah, something's definitely wrong. No, really good defensively, so I think that he's going to stay in the lineup. But, I mean, boy, he went from third to seventh really quickly. Well, and, yeah, 14 yeah. strikeouts and 26 at-bats. Is, no, is yeah, three more today. He's 17 and three 29 more today. now. Jesus. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, it's, it's just, it's, yeah. like, unbelievable. It's like, what, what would the average man off the street do if he got into a baseball game? He'd just swing and miss every time. I mean, that's, that's what he's doing. Do you think we could do better, you and me, if we tried to just bunt every time? Probably not. Like, it would it'd be pretty brutal. I mean, like, probably have you ever hit a pitching bit. machine? Have you ever, like, hit a pitching machine that's set for, like, 70 or 80? Yeah, I'd probably break my, my it's hand. Pretty, it's, pretty, it's, like, pretty fast. Like, if you see it, like, 80, <laughs> it's pretty fast. Yeah. And, and this well, is probably, this gets coming a lot faster with, like, movement yeah. and stuff. Right. Uh, so, but um, it's still, it's still a go. I mean, yeah. I mean, wh- what do you make of this? Like, he had a pretty I, good second I, half last year. I don't know. Year. Well, it was, it was just really one month. But I don't know. I just don't know what's going on. I, he, there's something... He seems like a hard worker. He's not like partying like Puig was or anything. Sure. He's, he's not right. like there's no like character issue with the guy. I, I think he's like probably really anxious in some way, but he's just keeping it together somehow. Like I don't know. It's just like he's not there. A professional can't hit this badly. Like I don't know what <laughs> so, something's going on. Like it, it would be like it would be like we got you on the podcast and you suddenly like didn't speak English as a first language anymore. You know, it's just like suddenly you don't yeah. know how to do what you've done all your life. I don't understand. You know, it's weird. It's pretty bad. No, for sure. Yeah. It's just strange. I've never seen anyone hit that badly for, for even for this stretch. I don't, I don't think so any, what, any player in baseball was this bad for any stretch last year. No, I agree. What, what is your recommendation then? Just remain I mean, patient? What, do you do? what yeah, are you I mean, supposed to say? What, I, what are you going to do? I think you just hold for a little while. I mean, you can bench him, but I just think what else are you going to do? You can't drop a guy who can go 15-30, right? I mean, he showed he can do right. it. So. Right. I mean, I don't know what else. I don't it's know absurd, what else to say. Right. No, I mean, that, that, I mean, this is out of control. It's, it's one thing to be like, oh, he's not hitting well. Yeah, and I mean, who cares? Miguel like, Cabrera's like, not too bad to start. Who cares? Right, like, right. it doesn't matter. Like, but right. Um, right. but the fact that, I mean, Buxton, I, I honestly, even in a small sample, which is like 30 plate appearances or whatever it is, I, I would think that no major leaguer that's in the league right now had any 30 appearance stretch this bat. Think about what that means. Any stretch of their 600 at bats or 400 at bats or 100 at bats, I don't know if there's anybody who had this bad of a stretch at any point. That's like very extreme. It is. I I, I missed what you, you today. Yeah, over three with three Ks. It's just amazing, you know. I mean, it's it, it really is. It's not yeah. bad bip. It's just it's just swing and miss. It's yeah. That's 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 epic. Actually, I, I agree. That's epic. All these closers are just be that. That's kind of the storyline of the first two weeks of the year is the closers just getting annihilated. But um, yeah, it's so early. Everyone just the 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 main thing is just to remain patient. I well, would say. I don't know because here's the thing. Like I wrote this article um, last year. I was going to write this article and I realized I'd already written it. And it was about Trevor Story. He had like seven home runs in the first nine or ten days. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, ah, he's going to fall apart. You know, this is just lucky, whatever. And I said, you know. The size of the sample is like one variable, right? There's another variable, which is the magnitude of the sample. And there's a third variable, which is sort of like the context, right? So you have like 
bucks and it's only 30 bats. Don't worry. But the magnitude of the sample is huge. As I said, it may be the worst 30 bat stretch of any player in baseball in the last five years, perhaps. Right? I mean, it's the magnitude is gigantic. So the size of the sample says, okay, don't worry. But the magnitude says, no, this is significant. And I've I've done this before. I've talked about this before, where it's like. Let's say you, you flip a coin 20 times. It's not a really big sample. Do you know the coin's weighted or not, right? And you say, well, I got, I got 14 heads and six tails. That's pretty unlikely. So I think the coin might be weighted. And I say, nah, man, it's only a 20-flip sample. Flip it 2,000 times, and I'll tell you if it's weighted. And then you say, no, I, I only flipped it 20 times, but I got 20 heads and zero tails. It's still a small sample, but it's, it's less than one in a million that you get 20 heads and zero tails. So the size of the sample is still small, 20 flips, but the magnitude is enormous. You've got only heads. I get what you're saying. It's like a, a starting pitcher who, who has one game, has 15 strikeouts, zero walks. It's like, right. okay, it's, a, it's, it's just one game, but that, that is a guy right. I'm running to my waiver wire. Right, exactly. And, and we actually had this other question I asked on Twitter last year. Would you rather have a guy who had 18 strikeouts in a game in one game last year or 200 strikeouts on the season last year? And most people said 200 strikeouts on the season. The sample's bigger. And it's 18. It's a, the, answer, the correct answer is 18. Right. Because if you look at the people who've got 18 strikeouts in a game, it's like all Hall of Famers pretty much and like one or two other guys. Whereas right. many people have had 200 strikeouts in a season and sucked after that. So right. it's, you know, don't, don't be fooled by this, just the sample size. That's, that is important, but that's just one variable. The other variable is the magnitude, and the third one is the context, right? Like Sure. If, a, if a guy in the story is a perfect one, the dude is a 23 year old last year in Coors Field with power in his minor league history, hitting a ridiculous amount of home runs in a short time. No, no, no. This is a 25 homer guy minimum. You know, I mean, most likely it's not Oh, small yeah. sample. He'll, he's just lucky. If he hit three homers in a week, it still would have been good. But you could have more likely chalked that up to just a sample size anomaly. You, you wouldn't show you that much. But seven. OK, we got to start thinking maybe there's something here. Right. Incidentally, he's sitting out tonight. But, yeah, I get your point. Yes, for sure. A thousand yeah. percent. Yeah, exactly. So that, that's all I want to say about the whole, oh, it's a small sample. The season just started. And the other, the other flaw on that is, like, people are like, oh, well, you know, think, you know, home run rate doesn't stabilize till X amount of at-bats, you know, and strikeout rate doesn't stabilize till <coughs> 170 at-bats or whatever. Because I'm not a stats guy. But basically that, like, after X amount of at-bats, the guy's stat in this category is more – due to skill than luck, we can say, after this amount of at-bat. But that's kind of like a stupid standard because it's like, okay, well, we know after 170 at-bats, it's more likely that this guy's, I don't know, strikeout rate is because of skill instead of luck. Well, you're not going to be able to wait 170 at-bats because someone else is going to pluck him from the waiver wire after 40 at-bats. So, he, you know, even if it may, you may not be at 50% certainty at 40 at-bats, maybe you're 15% certainty. It's 15% likely to be skill. Good enough. Time to pounce, right? The best owners are the ones who pounce after maybe not 1% more likely to be skill, right? 1% likely to be skill or 3%, but as it gets to 5 or 10 or 12, and then there's the other backstory where it's like he is a prospect or he was a prospect, that's when you know to pounce. A good owner finds the sweet spot where there's enough of a little indicator, whether it's 10% or 15% or whatever the sweet spot is, and pounces and grabs the guy before everybody else. The guy waiting for, oh, the preponderance of the evidence shows it's probably skill. Oh, yeah, no shit. He's long gone in your league. You're not going to get any new players who are breaking out. Totally agree. And, what, and I mean, I, I had some friends of mine when I first started in the industry, whenever this became a, a popular stat, you know, whatever it was, 10 years ago about Babbitt. Like, doesn't that just kind of sound like bullshit, Babbitt? Oh, it's total bullshit. I mean, it's not bullshit like in every case, but 
when, it's funny, we were talking to Joe Sheen on the radio, and he had some interesting points about all the new stats and the new StatCast stuff that's like even like taking it to the next level beyond what we have. Right, because uh, it's StatCast. StatCast, exit velocity, and all that stuff is going to be... But in the end, like you're never going to find, like, oh, the spin rate plus velocity plus whatever is the port, you know, portends the breakout. There's things like combination, like they call it tunneling, like using the same arm slot for different pitches and then like pitch sequencing and shit like that. It's going to be in combination. Pitchers are good or bad in combination and it's you can't just isolate one thing it's how it's set up the batter's adjusting to the previous pitch the pitcher's adjusting to the previous swing it's constantly in motion and the idea that no matter how much data you get you're going to be able to crunch that no way not not in combination you're not going to be able to you can you can figure out for one pitch anything but when you start to talk about multiple pitches and how they're setting each other up there's no way you're going to be able to get a staff for that and so what you're going to need and joe said it, he's like that's where scouting comes in where a guy can see a pitcher and be like he knows what the hell he's doing this guy you know he's he's owning these guys he's setting them up he's mixing the pitches up just right you know and it's not going to be some quantifiable thing it's going to be something where a person can notice result oriented that this guy is doing it you can see how the batters are off balance it doesn't matter what the spin rate is i mean it matter it does matter it does matter what the velocity is what the spin rate is all that shit matters but like the difference is going to be sort of in combination and that's going to be something that there's that the amount of math that it takes to sort of map that out is, is going to be too vast Sure. So what what is your recommendation for someone who's like trying to like write about stuff being like, oh, this guy, I feel like he's a buy low guy. Like all these stats is just it's so difficult at this, at this yes. point. Like what, what what do you what would your recommendation be then at this point? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm it's interesting, but like I like what like what makes me want to acquire a pitcher or sell a pitcher. I mean, velocity is a big right, one, right. right? Like Arias velocity is down, even though he's pitched great for two starts. Like I'd be selling him on that. And he walked a lot of guys last year, though his peripherals are good this year so far. I don't know. I think you got to look at the totality of the player. Like, I don't think you can look at, like, K-Rate or this or that. Most of it's priced in. People know, right. you know, right. Robbie Ray had a high K-Rate or Pineda had a high K. You know, people know all this shit. People know who's doing what. Um, and I think Pineda he, nearly had a perfect game, by the way. Yeah, and we'll see if it's sustainable. One, one thing that I was t- talking to Jeff about today on the XM show that I think I'm coming around to more is, like, players like Miguel Cabrera, and he's obviously off to a terrible start. But Cabrera, like for the last 15 years, like he knows how to not just hit a baseball, but to play through nagging problems, to get on an airplane and get off an airplane 150 times or whatever they do and show up in front of big crowds and keep his focus all year and crush a baseball. He knows how to do that. Ryan Braun knows how to do that, right? Like these players that have done it, they know how to do it. Obviously, Mike Trout knows how to do it. And when you when you draft Giancarlo Stanton, like does Giancarlo Stanton, he knows how to crush a baseball 550 feet, but does he know how to like – do that, get on an airplane, sprint to first base, run in the outfield, get back on the airplane every day, keep your focus, not like not pay attention and hurt yourself doing something or, you know what I mean? Like, does he really know how to do the whole thing, right? He knows how to crush the baseball when he's in the batter's box, but does he know how to do the whole thing? And, and, and in some ways, it's just results-oriented, what I'm saying. It's just the guys who have done it many, many times, they know how to do the whole thing. And... You know, there's something to that. Like, we, we, if we just look at baseball skill, you know, it's sort of like, yeah, this guy throws, you know, Strasburg has nasty stuff. He's good. But does he know how to, like, pitch for an entire season and keep it consistent, whether stuff is good or bad, like, get the best out of his stuff most nights? And, you know, I don't know. I don't know that so he knows You're saying that people are basically in fantasy, uh, you're, you're, people are underrating just basically track record, you're saying. Yeah, well, no, I'm the one who always thought it was overrated, that people are looking at the past. And, you know, I was always like, well, every, you know, last year's stats don't help you this year, right? They're not, they're not making the ball go farther or the, you throw harder. But, 
I'm just starting to think that like there's a skill that we're sort of omitting. It's not the track record. The track record doesn't like doesn't matter what his stats were. It's just that the dude knows how to play not just the game of baseball like on one thing, but knows how to do it under the conditions that they have to do it under for in Major League Baseball. Right, and, that's and who knows how many reasons that other people that ha- haven't been able to do it, like right. who, unquantifiable. Right. I actually, I mean, I, I can tell you, uh, you know, stories you hear and all that stuff. Right, like so, Puig, uh, right? Like I loved Puig last year, right? But I was truly underestimating the sort of like it's not just about he's obviously a very skilled baseball player, but I was underestimating like, yeah, you also have to like seem like you care, get in the lineup, get on the pool. You know, you have to deal. Like, you know, not just party your ass off. Like, there's a lot of shit you got to do. I know it's right. not rocket science, and maybe I'm over overselling this. Like, maybe it's most players pretty much know how to do it. But, like, it, you know, it's, it's, a, it's the job. There's more to the job than standing in the batter's box a couple times and swinging the bat. For sure. Yeah, remind, remind me off air. I actually have a story to tell you about this, but I can't okay. can't go on record about this. Uh, that's a good tease. But um, so to finish this off, uh, I want your opinion on Syria. I mean, stay the fuck out. I mean, how stupid do you have to be? What the fuck are they doing? Iraq? We went in there. Look what the disaster is. Look at Libya. Do you know there's an article in The Guardian where they're, like, selling people into slavery in Libya now? Yeah. We went in there, what, for humanitarian purposes? Now, like, people are being sold into slavery. It is it is such a disaster in those places, in large part due to our intervention. ISIS exists due to our intervention in those places. Now, oh, but this will be different. Let's go. What the fuck? I mean, who is even saying that? And the only difference with this one is now Russia is actually an ally of Syria. So now we're like getting into that Cold War or maybe hot war that we don't want, obviously. Like, so why would we why are these pundits on TV cheering this bombing? It's like, I mean, it's not just moronic. You're a fucking idiot if you think this is a good idea. I mean, I I can't even imagine a, a person with an IQ above 50 thinking that this is a good idea i don't understand it if you're a war profiteer i get it if you're like a a tv pundit who wants exciting stuff to cover i get it it's gross but i get it but if you're like a regular person who really has nothing to do with any of this shit why the fuck would you think this is a good idea no it sounds pretty awful i mean do you disagree with me i mean is there no i don't know it's awful i just wanted you to stay it's why would why would anybody think this is a good idea to get involved what are we doing? It's it's just beyond stupid. Like, oh, no, it's for humanitarian. We care about the people. Do you realize how many other people were either like complicit in their deaths or their problems like in Yemen and other places and don't care at all? And how many times we've said, oh, no, no, we're, we're going to Iraq to liberate them from Saddam Hussein. We're going to Libya to liberate them. Like all these bogus. We won't even take in refugees, right? And we're advocating humanitarian. Like our humanitarian solution is to like get involved with some bombing. It's like it's not it's clearly not what this is about. And so if you're buying that, I mean, I don't know how, you know, I don't know how naive you, you could possibly be. No, it's scary stuff for sure. Uh, that's why I just wanted you to reiterate it. That's uh, it's not good. Not, 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 not good. Bob. Yeah. Not good at all. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. All right, let's. Uh, all right. We, we'll we wrap it go. up on that positive note. This podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. There's a special offer for new FanDuel users. You can get a free six-month Rotowire subscription with a $10 deposit on FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash rw not only will you get the free subscription but you'll have that ten dollars available to play with on fandle it's more than forty dollars in value for just ten bucks go to fandle.com slash rw